Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, we're talking about how to heal wounds in a relationship. This is episode part four for anyone who's been listening to this series on overcoming betrayal and overcoming divorce. But in case you haven't gone through betrayal or divorce and you just want to hear about how to heal wounds within a relationship, then this episode is also for you. Here on this episode, I have my husband who's joining me because I feel like it's really good to have that like male energy and that male voice once in a while. And I think it's a really good, I wanted to bring him in when it came to the the series on overcome betrayal and divorce. So welcome back to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Baby. <laughs> Dr. Mark Lemasani. Okay. So I wanted to bring you in because... I feel that a lot of, I spoke about on the previous episodes in the series of Overcoming Betrayal and Divorce, I, I spoke about it more from my, my point of view and what I was going through and how I was healing through the whole ordeal. But I do think that a lot of the healing also happened um, in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I know that you were basically, you went through a lot also in what happened to me. So it's interesting because a lot of times we don't realize that all of our past traumas are brought into the current relationships. Of course. And then we're basically left having to deal with all that those past issues. Mm -hmm. And and if our relationship was to survive, we had to like work through those those wounds. Yep, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you know the initial attraction is the chemistry and and that that element, right? But then once you go beyond that, then it's either going to get deep, or it's not really going to mesh uh, because that initial. Fizz will last for months and sometimes a year, but then, then you need to start building a foundation onto which the relationship is going to be sitting. So in, in our circumstance, what we were what worked out really well is we both had this underlying operating system that people are good and people are willing, some people are really willing to uh, build a life with one another. And, and that was something that we both believed in at our core. Now, in your circumstance, you had that kind of shaken up. Um, my past wasn't perfect either, so I had things that, that I needed to work out. We had good role models as parents. We had good role models as other family members that gave us that foundation to, you know, to strive towards. So I'm thinking that you know what worked out really well for us is the fact that we could see in one another, in our language, in our belief system, in our thoughts, that this is something that we held dear, and this is something that we wanted to bring along, you know, for the rest of our lives. 
Yes, and but as he says this though, there was a lot of work to be done. So like when you hear this, don't think, oh my gosh, they're like their relationship was perfect. I think we'd never had. No, I'm just I wanted yeah, to oh, let the absolutely. audience know yeah. because I think a lot of people, you know, they go into re- they go um, into relationships and since maybe their let's say their parents um, example was not maybe the best in terms of giving them that that um, that thought that love exists in the world, but. Um, we wanted to sort of put this in play because it is very important to have that foundation of a belief system mm-hmm. where you trust not only in the world, but that you believe in love. And specifically, um, this subject I touched upon on the first episode of the series. So if you want to hear a little bit more about belief systems, go back to that. And for those of you, because you were saying before that we started the episode, for those people, we don't want people to like listen to listen to this and say, oh, okay, well, you guys had really good relation, like role models as mm-hmm. parents, because we both did. Our parents are still happily married. And therefore, it was very easy for you to believe in love. But I think sometimes you have to find those role models elsewhere. Yes. And and I think that, you know, proximity equals power in that if you don't have that in your parents, look at that in, you know, in your more extended family. If you don't have that in your family, look in the workspace. Look in, you know, it, it's it's... It could be found in your church, your place of worship. It could be found in uh, an, an activity that you really enjoy. So love and, and that, that connection is there. It's just that if, you, if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, it's not possible, then that's all that's going to show up. But if you really believe or if you really at least put yourself in the mindset that when that thought comes in that it's not possible, you acknowledge it, but you choose to ignore it and choose to gravitate towards uh, things in life that'll reinforce the idea that love is possible, then then it's going to keep showing up. And I think that putting yourself in places where it has a possibility of showing up, uh, you know, environments where people have that connection to something, whether it's, like I said, a church or it could be, you know, a martial art or it could be a hobby, something, it would be very difficult for you to go find that at like club space. Like, you know, like that's, that, those are <laughs> not, club. you know, those are not environments that, that have that possibility. I mean, not to say that people can't find that type of person there, but it's, it just doesn't have that. It's not a behavior pattern that really kind of lends to that type of a person. I think right? it's important to look for that. Like to be like, if you don't have that for yourself and if you don't have that example in your parents is to like, at least decide that you're going to look out for like examples of true love. And if you set your eyes on that, you you will find it in, in many spaces. The problem is I think a lot of times that people, when they've convinced themselves that love doesn't exist, mm-hmm. then all they seem to like look at and... and, and, and that's what shows up. That's what shows up yep. in their life. Yep. So I think like that's where we're starting. Like where we're starting is basically like is to to have, you know, to start building within you that belief system that love does exist and to commit yourself to like finding examples where it does and to start hanging around with people who do believe in love and ask them questions. I, I'm actually going to add something to that because I think that there's always two ways of looking at things. And at times, I think people that have not had that foundation in their life, they will look at others and say, man... If only I was born into a family that was that had this loving and caring, uh, you know, mother and father relationship, I would be a certain way. Well, as opposed to looking at that as a separate entity from yourself, I would I would be in I would be inclined to actually step into that 
and and ask that person if whether it's a friend or family member or someone that you 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 know you you're just building a friendship or, or or even maybe potentially a relationship with ask some questions about how that what that felt like what did that dynamic feel like because if it's something that you're not familiar with you didn't if it's something that you didn't know what that looked like to have a loving relationship or be in the presence of it then ask questions i think curiosity is a huge um, uh, help uh, in, in this type of a circumstance because then it, it it allows you to form your vision of what you want and and maybe you'll come to realize that like if, if for instance you thought or your ideal was oh well my parents fought all the time so it, so a couple that would be healthy and striving is a couple that never fights and then every time you get into a relationship and a fight occurs, you feel like, oh no, something's wrong with this and you bolt. Well, then you might not realize that there's other people that have healthy relationships. And when you ask them, but did your parents ever fight? They're probably like, yeah, they did. Well, what, what did that look like? Well, they would be upset and so on and so forth. And then my mom would apologize or my father would apologize and then they would fix the problem. And then you're like, oh, so it's not about not fighting. It's about, you know, being open to resolving an issue and then your ideal shifts. You understand? I want to take it back a little bit, though, because I feel like there was a moment in time where I don't I think I was a little bit tempted or inclined to maybe not believe in love. Right. Because I'd been like hurt so bad and I had stuff like my, my ex had. There were there that there were so many infidelities uh, like encounters that I found out about that I was like truly traumatized. Mm-hmm. It was like PTSD type of of a thing. And and when you go through something like that, that's why I'm like very compassionate towards people that you know have these experiences or that may have grown up in a home where they didn't see the best example mm-hmm. is because it's very tempting to stay in the dark side and to believe that love doesn't exist and it's almost easier to stay within that mindset because in order to make love work out there's a lot of work behind it. Like yeah. I do think that like good relationships are you know they they push you to um to become a better person but in that journey of becoming a better person it's a lot of there's a lot of internal work that goes you know behind it and i think one of the things that really helped us out i mean first of all i have to say like m- my husband was very patient with me particularly in the beginning this husband this husband <laughs> was very patient with me in the beginning because he you know i was really opening up to him about, you know, what I had gone through. I don't, I didn't keep that to myself. I I was very open in what I experienced and the pain that I experienced. And I was very open. um, I mean, you saw me cry so many times. Sometimes I was like, why is this man still here? I'm like crying myself to sleep and he's still here. Which was another reason that I fell in love with you profoundly was because of the fact that I felt that you weren't just there when times were good. Mm -hmm. I felt that if this man is here when I'm not doing so well and while I'm, because I was literally, I met you and I had already been separated from my ex for a year, but I was still in the midst of my divorce process. It took two years within the courts to get divorced. It was a very long and arduous and painful process for me. So it was, you know, you were there in the worst of it. And it made me think, wow, this person is not just here for like the fun and games. This person will be here with me through the thick and thin. Mm -hmm. And that was a quality also that I put as like something that was uh, like, that was very important for me. Because I recognized like, wow, if this person 
finally gets to see the, re the real Valentina who's fun and who's happy all the time instead of the depressed one who's always crying, like, wow, our life is going to be good because yeah, I know that he's going to be there for me and, and vice versa because I knew that I was like, that I wanted to be with the person who I would also be there, you know, for through thick and thin. Yes. And I, and I think these circumstances end up being a good uh, testing ground. Like what, what, what I mean is, is that it gave me an opportunity to see, even at your worst, like what, what, what were you anchoring? Like what thoughts were you, were you uh, allowing for yourself to go to? And I think that in, in your case, even though there was a lot of darkness, there was always like an underlying hope that love is possible, that it, there's value in having a, a stable, um, happy, lifelong relationship with someone. Like that was your core. Like what I was explaining is, it's as if the sun is your core principle. And at times you're going to have clouds of doubt. At times you're going to have clouds of, um, you know, uh, self, uh, self-loathing or uh, there's going to be moments where you, you know, you're not uh, as hopeful in your relationship, but they come and they go. And I think that, you know, the growth process is allowing for yourself to stay with the sun, acknowledge the clouds and let them pass. Um, so, so, so in, in our circumstances, what was somewhat helpful in the fact that we were going through this difficult time right at the beginning is we were getting to the the nitty-gritty of the relationship at at the beginning like as opposed to yeah, we weren't going through a honeymoon stage yeah the exactly beginning. it wasn't all about rock climbing and uh you know and movie <laughs> nights it was no. it was i mean we had we had good times we had fun it wasn't always really heavy but there was a lot of you know there was a lot at play it was from my perspective, I was having to decide if I was going to stay in the States or go back to Canada. Um, you know, you had a one and a half year old. Was I willing to take on that responsibility? What would that look like? And as we progressed and as we worked through it and as we really kind of, uh, you know, got closer, then all of these, you know, resolving these issues allowed for us to take more steps towards one another. Yeah. So I think that sometimes these these pressure cooker environments actually bring the the best out of people um, or they don't and then you know and then you you separate but i think staying in this lingering of like i don't know i don't know what i want i'm not sure and staying in that in that zone for too long well that's also what helped us is that i think that um for me like as a woman and i think that's another reason i brought you in like having a man who was like very like sure about certain things mm. like i feel like your sureness about the things that i wasn't sure about made me feel comforted like you know i remember even like because we'd been in the relationship for a while for a while for even like a couple years and you wanted to move on to getting engaged and getting married and i was deathly scared of getting mm -hmm. remarried like mm -hmm. i was like i don't want to go through that path again i don't want to get hurt again i don't want to go through a divorce and, again and and i'll add to this i'll add to this because you there are belief systems that had started infiltrating your mind with regards to marriage and that level of commitment that you had to give up and that was okay well when after you get married that's when he'll turn like like from your perspective what had ended up happening is you had said to yourself once that commitment occurs then the, the lust is gone then the attraction is gone then the like you would actually start putting that into your mind and you, that was something that you had to give up 
because if you didn't, well, then you, we would never, we yeah. would never. Kind and of those are things that deal. we had to work through as well. Like, but again, we were, I was very open about like where my insecurities lied mm-hmm. and I was very open about like where I felt, yeah, my wounds were. It wasn't like, I didn't just put up this front of, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to be somebody who's proud. And yes. I, have a, I have a very strong like I have a very strong uh, personality, yeah. so I can be very imposing. But so can you. We're both like very strong personalities, but very from the from the get go, we were very open as to like I was very open as to like what like where my pain was, yes, and where what my past experience had been and what I was bringing from that. And yeah. then that that in that way, we were able to sort of tear it apart mm-hmm. and like break it apart and start discussing it. Now I have to say this is one thing. Like, I give you props for, like, the amount of time that it took for this to, like, heal properly. It took years. I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It mm-hmm. took years for... And there's still some It never just, yeah, it never it never just, just totally goes disappears. Away. It never but, just goes away. But it, not, like, how it was. I don't feel, like, the way that, it, that I felt, like, 15 years ago. Fair. But, like, the amount of times that we had these discussions about, like... Um, uh, let's say like insecurities or trust issues. There was a lot of trust yeah. issues there in the beginning. And we, we had to have this conversation so many times to the point where you almost feel like, Oh, it's never going to heal. What's the point? I'm having this conversation like one more time, mm-hmm. but it, sometimes we need to have those. Like when we've gone through something, we need to have the conversation one more time. And we need to have that person tell us one more time that like, it's going to be okay. Then it gets to the point where obviously we'll, we'll talk about, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, 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 no. What I was, what I was saying is, is that what you're, you're undoing something that's very, very strong. Like in a sense that if, if, if what you're trying to undo is the idea, which, which actually happened in reality, that someone can say they love you, can say they'll be there for you, can say that they'll be with you for forever and then rip that apart and not care. If that's the anchor, man, it's going to take a long time to undo that because every time that anything in life shows up that's remotely reinforcing of that idea, you're going to cling on to it so strong. Yeah. And you're going to see like I saw like, you know, you, you, you hypersensitize yourself to seeing red lights everywhere. Red flags. Red flags everywhere because you're so, you were, since I didn't see the red flags in my previous relationship and I had so much trust in him. And then I realized that my relationship was a total lie and that there was absolutely no respect when it came to like the fidelity part of it. Trust. There was no trust. trust. It was all, all it was all totally, it was all, it was all a lie. It was so extreme that I was like, okay, well now I'm not going to be an idiot. I'm going to make sure that I recognize when somebody's being dishonest with me. And so I had like, you know, like you said, red flags going, (laughs) showing up everywhere, even in places where it shouldn't, you know, have shown up in, but Again, those were things that we had to. Like, yeah, we had to work it through, work and it and through. and a lot of it had to do with, so so you know the, the self improvement element of the of that equation is you start recognizing which what is the uh, the initial thought or feeling that brought you down the dark rabbit hole because what would happen with you in the past is you know. Uh, it could be it could be anything honestly it could be a, a text message that was received it could be something that was a little out, off in terms of you know a day-to-day occurrence 
and that would set you off into this dark hole. Oh of no! Or like when you had like business trips or whatever, and then yeah. I called, and for some reason he didn't answer like one call. Like it would just like. Yeah. It would set me off on like a path. Yeah, on anything or even like things happening in other relationships that were external to us. That would also ha send me down like a rabbit hole. Like if I saw that like somebody that we knew that they were experiencing like were were the guy was cheating on her or somebody else was cheating on somebody, all of a sudden that would just like that would be a trigger for me once yeah. again and then I'd start being paranoid with Mark even though there was nothing in our relationship to believe that that was true it was like just having just seeing that again and observing that elsewhere would like send triggers in yep. our, within our relationship yep. Yep. and I remember there was a moment in time where it kind of sh things shifted from okay you know we've had this conversation for years yeah. and you know like babe like I would hear him say babe like like I want you to like like rest assured i want you to trust or whatever but there came a point where he was like okay now you're the one who's sending yourself down yeah this tr thought process right of of like uh, you, uh, there's no trust there's no this i'm doing this i'm doing that it's all a front like yeah and you, mind you that could be like you know in in other relationships people could be gaslighting another person and using that as a manipulation mm. so for me it was very i was very well aware of that like okay well you know he could very is he much sending me down this rabbit yes. hole or is he yeah yeah it, it's, it's it's you know it's very tricky it, it, it is it is i think that that being said I think that, you know, when you've been through something like that, you can't hide the sun with your finger, like in yeah. a sense that the underlying truth uh, will always be there. And I think that I think that a healthy, healthy sense of um, skepticism is not unreasonable. Yeah, I think that what, where where it was a little where it was a little bit more difficult for you is you went from having like complete blind faith and, and this idea that it was absolutely impossible for someone to ever do that to, wait a minute, like anything is possible. I choose to have faith. I, I choose to, to anchor myself into a mentality where, you know, love is possible and it is possible for someone to be true and faithful. But I do recognize that there is darkness in the world and I'm not immune to this. Yeah. I think that's where the real shift occurred. And that was the biggest learning for you because you would flip flop between like this blind faith of like, okay, well, nothing's ever going to happen to me to, you know, everyone is crap and they, well, everyone's out for themselves. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that extreme. you would, you would like flip flop, you know, and, and you were having a hard time reconciling the possibility of okay well i mean these are not mutual exclusive uh thoughts it's like you can believe that the world is good but you can also recognize and have a a healthy mm, you know uh healthy sense of precaution that there is darkness in the world mm -hmm. that's that's the difference it's like you know you wouldn't say to yourself okay well you know um, my husband's going to a bachelor party in Vegas, everything's hunky-dory, I don't have to worry at all. Like, you would still have a healthy sense of concern, and you would express that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the difference. Those are the difficult conversations we would have. It, it sucked. Like, for me, they were so yeah. difficult. And then another part, like, when I when I got pregnant with Leo, I flipped out. I mean, I had, like, a like a, a, a sort of, like, a mini depression during the pregnancy because... 
I had equated to giving birth to losing like my first like my first husband, like basically everything crumbling down. So it was like I gave birth to Luciano and five and a half months later, I realized that my marriage was not what it was. I found out about all the infidelities and I separated. I was still breastfeeding at the time. So when I got pregnant with Leo, I started, it was sort of like a, like no. I would have panic attacks because I'm like, okay, well, I, I've had this relationship now for like, what was it like seven years we'd been into the relationship mm -hmm. or six years and all of it i was afraid that as soon as i had leo that i was going to end up being a single mother again. yeah that all of a sudden i was going to find out things about you yeah it was like your your mind likes to create our mind likes to create patterns mm -hmm. from the from the past and we like to kind of put things in in place like compartmentalize so like my 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 head was like wrapping i was wrapping my head around the like the possibility of like being able to give birth and then have family that I'd actually yeah. dreamed, yes. still dreamed yes. about. Yes. But yes. that was really hard. Yeah, that's hard. That was really hard. Yeah. Like I was, I did not have a fun pregnancy. I mean, except for the dancing that I did for, <laughs> but it was, a, it was tough Yeah. because mentally I was like, I was really scared. I was like living with fear and like having to go back to the faith that you're talking about, mm -hmm. having to like really like, and like, you know, having these prayers to God where I was like, please, like, let this not be, like, the demise of my relationship. Yeah. Like, let, let, like, can I please enjoy, like, giving birth, having a baby, and then, like, enjoying, like, the family together. Yes. That was really tough. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, that, that must be really difficult, you know. And I had not, um, like, that, and, and from that perspective, we were living in two separate worlds. Uh, because I was, you know, enthralled with the idea of, okay, we're starting a family and so on and so forth. And maybe not even that recognizing of, you know, what you're going through. Yeah. And because a lot of times, even when you're in like a partnership, that the reality is that we go through life like on our own yeah. in a lot of, on many instances. And a lot of the healing work, like the self-development work happens alone. Yes. Like, although we work things out together, there's a lot of stuff that I work out on my own and well, that he works out also on his own. I'm going to add to that. <clears throat> I'm going to add to that in saying in your, when you're by yourself, you're having thoughts, hundreds and hundreds of thoughts in, in every moment of the day. So we can have a conversation and you can have like a fraction of those thoughts while we're talking. But when you're alone, when you're taking your shower, when you're doing your own life, those thoughts are always coming back. So if you don't take ownership and, and, and take control of those thoughts and feelings, then your partner can, it's, it's an impossibility because it's a losing, it's a, it's, it, it, it'll never equate. You're with your partner maybe 10 to 20% of your life. Yeah. That other 80%. Sometimes not even. Exactly. I mean, like we work so much yeah. separately. Yeah. So, so what I'm trying to say is, is that if you're not taking the opportunity to, to really work in that 80% space, then it's it's impossible for that 20% to fix the 80. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So I think that that is, I mean, from, you know, kudos to you to have been stepping into that space of, of working on that because let's say an alternative universe where, you know, the only time that we would have an opportunity to, to work on that thought pattern was when we were together, man, that would be impossible yeah. because I want to live my life. I don't want to have every single interaction that we have be so heavy, so, so troubled. But it's impossible too. It's impossible to like expect your partner to like fix everything for mm -hmm. you. A lot of it has to be done within. It's interesting too, though, because, you know, since I was doing a lot of like the, my husband sort of came into the self-development world because I sort of like dragged him in. 
because I was starting to read. And then as I started to read like certain things and sharing it with him, then he would start to read other things that were separate from mine Mm -hmm. and then sharing those with me. So you were reading your own set of books that were a little bit self-development oriented. Yeah, sure. Everything, yeah. And I was also showing him and and sharing with him what I was reading. So it's interesting because a lot of like the law of attraction things and like, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. In the beginning, it was like I was sharing that stuff with him and then, but then I was acting in contradiction to what I was reading. And it was really cool because then you would point it out for Mm. me. So that you would say, like, you just mentioned to me that this is the way, like, the laws of the universe work, the law of attraction works. But right now, you're not really helping yourself out with the mindset that you're having. And so it was really cool because I had sort of like a place to bounce off ideas. Of course. And then I was able to then, you were able to show me my mirror. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to work those issues out, like, within myself. And the same thing, vice versa, right? Yeah. So, like... um, Well, it's... it's, I mean, that is the most... Um, that is one of the most rewarding things of, of a, a, a meaningful relationship is it's like, it's a laboratory of personal development. Like you're in a sense that your most intimate relationship with your spouse is that's, I mean, yes, you can work on yourself, but if you're not playing it out in real life with the person that you're the closest with, well, then you're not really doing it. Then it's all theory. Yeah. And I have to say something here too for like the women that are listening thinking, oh, but yeah, but like the person that I'm with is really not into spirituality or self-development or whatever. I was like frustrated too at the very beginning because I felt that like I would want to have these conversations and he wasn't really into it at all. And I rec- I realized that it wasn't about me trying to convince him to step into the world. It was about me doing my work and stepping into it. And then it's interesting because as I did the work and as he saw changes within me, he started to be more curious about the stuff that I was reading about. And I think that's what that's what ends up happening. It's like you don't tell somebody, like you don't force spirituality on somebody or force self-development on somebody. I feel like if you start doing it on your own and you start seeing, like if the person starts seeing change within you, then they're more curious about what you're doing and they might be more inclined to step into it rather than if you're trying to shove these things down somebody's throat. Yeah, and and I think it's also a question of, you know, you don't want to be virtue signaling in a sense that you don't want to be highlighting that the person is like behaving wrong. It's not about right and wrong. It's about what's working, what's not working. And if, if you notice, you know, if you notice that the person keeps going into these negative thought patterns that yield a result of them being unhappy and them, you know, creating more friction in the relationship, well, then you just walk them through their thought process. But, but you had the framework to discuss it in the way that you're talking about it right now. Because of the fact that we had already been exposed to certain things for from mindset or for self-development. I feel like for people who have never thought or never heard anything about like thought work or have, yeah. don't e- even recognize the power of thought or how we are the ones who actually control our thoughts, like how we're much more in power, like we're much more in control of that than we think, completely in control of that then if, if you've never even heard about that or you've never been like exposed to that type of work, it's very hard to then be able to explain to the other person what they're doing to go down that rabbit hole. I, I understand. I, I get it. I, I think that... Like we literally started diving into those y- subjects. Yes. but and, and I would say that, you know, not everyone is interested in the personal development space per se. But I think that everyone has been has gone through some level of personal development. Well, why? Because, I mean, you're crawling on all fours at one point and then you decide to get up. 
and you were babbling, 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 and then you decide to talk. So every human being that has evolved into, you know, from a child to an adult has had some level of personal development. Otherwise, you would have stayed a child. So, so I think that there's always ways that we can rekindle that that way of being that that that's better, like that that you know that actually. Uh, works. Well, you're talking about the growth mindset. I think that's where it's key. You were talking before we started recording that you think that that has been very like instrumental in our relationships. Mm-hmm. The fact that we both have a growth mindset, like we're both constantly learning. Yeah. And as, as I see you learn and do more, I want to learn and do more and vice versa. And, and I think that, I think that there's more to it than like reading the book and, and making the book remain theory. It, it really does take a little bit of stepping outside of your comfort zone, conversing, communicating in ways that you're that are unfamiliar to you, um, unfamiliar to things that you've seen in the past. You know, like if, if ever the way you had seen two people communicate was, you know, an argument and there was no resolution and there was no apology and then somehow it would just kind of go away. Well, then you think that that's that's all that can be. Whereas if you say to yourself, okay, you know what, this is not super comfortable. I don't really love apologizing. I don't really love acknowledging when I did something wrong. But if the other side of that means a healthier, better relationship that brings us closer, then I'm willing to, to give that a shot. And then, and then stepping into that repeatedly allows for you know, that evolution to occur. Where, and then and then eventually it becomes second nature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about also like in terms of like today's mentality on relationships. Because I think this is really important in terms of like healing relationships within like healing wounds within a relationship. Is like the mentality that sort of like social media has put out there or like that the general uh, say masses is appealing to the masses. This idea that like if somebody isn't doing things for you, then you got to let them go. Like, uh, you know, it's like a very selfish mm. mentality. Talk about that for a little bit. No, well, in, in a sense that I think that uh, service is the key to to a beautiful relationship. Seeing how you could serve the other person and and really bring about the best in them is going to be very rewarding. It's It's, you know... In and it's a, counterintuitive, right? Like, it's sort of like, it, it is. is. It, it is. Okay, okay. We, we, we go back to the selfish mentality let, let and me, then we recognize, oh, this isn't working. Let me, if we're smart enough. This is the difference. Okay. Okay. The difference is between a garden and a grocery store. The grocery store idea is everything is what it is and I pick what I want. The garden is what is it that I want and let me grow it. That's the difference. And I think that social media and and the world of today has the grocery store mentality where you're supposed to be picking and choosing everything that you want and never really being intentional about creating something. Or, yeah, and, and helping something grow. Yeah, helping it grow, helping it flourish into the best version of itself. That's the difference. And And I think that the more we have that growth mentality, not only growth within ourselves, but growth into what we touch the more of a possibility you have of living a very fulfilling life. Because not only do you believe that good things are coming to you, but you're actually the, one, the creator of good things. Yeah, absolutely. And then lastly, I, I do want to talk about like things, other things that we've done. 
I mean, we, we were reading books, we were doing like, I mean, I was doing journaling, I was doing a lot, yeah, I was doing a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of like just consuming content all the time that was self-development wise. We were having all these profound conversations sort of like walking, you know, talking through our things. But also I think one of the things that really helped us that, and we still do that together, is we took a lot of like courses together. And I think those courses, some of them were so instrumental in bringing us closer together yeah because it would open it would break us apart in terms of our vulnerability once again and then we think we'd had we had worked through those wounds and then those courses were there to basically shine more light on what may have been broken to heal it yeah and some of them were like the tony robbins courses that we took i mean date with destiny was like amazing, amazing. for us we did the land we did landmark we did it separately but we even though we did it separately, we still remember things from those courses of course. because it was all like self work that we were doing. And we started recognize a lot of the, like, it's very easy to see the other person's fault. But when the, when the person or when we recognize the faults that we have within ourselves, the faults that our partners are seeing, that can totally change the relationship. Yeah. Because when we're finally recognizing what our partner has been trying to tell us, that's like, yeah. And then for our honeymoon, we did a um, a retreat. We did a couples retreat and we did a Qigong retreat. So that was like super fun. I think those have been very helpful. Yeah. And, and I, I think that in a sense that I wouldn't want everyone to think that the only path to this, uh, you know, this possibility of like, you know, uh, growth in a relationship is the self-development world. I do think that there is a lot of value in engaging in activity that allow you to step outside of your comfort zone. You know, if you always stay in your lane and never share common interests with your partner that allows for you to see them stepping outside of their comfort zone and allow for them to see you stepping outside of your comfort zone, then it's very difficult for you to kind of acknowledge you know, acknowledge the the pain that it takes to get there. But you can you can go through you can, we, we we can do things that that have us step outside our comfort zone that are physical. Yeah, but uh, mere, yes. But merely physical. But then there's no conversation behind it. So I mean, if you don't look for it, if you don't look for it. Yeah, if you don't look for it, that's what I'm saying. So that's why like self development has been. So yeah, it's super yes because I, that, that's what has happened because it allows to contextualize that growth. Co- contextualize and, and like have the conversations because you don't you're not somebody who loves having difficult conversations. No, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> he he really really doesn't like it. Yeah, that's true. So for us, I agree. I mean, and we've had so many difficult conversations yeah. that like to be able to like step through that is like wow yeah I, I i would completely agree with you i think that without consuming that content in its in in what it is it's very difficult to, for you to come up with the, the concepts and the principles just on your own like you know working out or doing a martial art or doing something like that i think that i think that it is very helpful yes. to have oh, wait a the minute. content you and know, also what we've had you know, because i think it's very it's very like important to like open up the other thing that we've done is that we both had life coaches that also have helped us in our yeah, relationship like we're if we're having a, a, a specific issue together we'll like we have people to call who we really um admire like their advice mm-hmm. or that we listen to absolutely that we listen to um i mean l- like y- uh, your life coach melanie she yes. she her and her husband also beautiful relationship and like they taught us a lot mm-hmm. 
And, and my life coach, Jose Antonio, like when I'm having issues, I'll also talk to him and, and, and it helps us. So I think like we, it might not be like the therapy route, but it's like therapy Yeah, in, it, a, in a way. It, it's stepping into, stepping into that space of vulnerability and articulating it and, and not being afraid of it and, you know, really expressing yourself when you're in those states, good and bad. Um, I, I think that that's super healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, one of the reasons I wanted to bring uh, my husband on here was because I know that a lot of women don't, or they express to me that, you know, they don't, sometimes they, they have this universal belief that good men don't exist. And I'm here to say that they do. And that's why I wanted to bring in my husband <laughs> so you. that you start creating that as a core belief for your life so that you do start feeling hope for your love life, for your future, for finding a partner that's a, that's a good man. Talking about man, the other cool stuff that we've done together is like we've done work on like the feminine and masculine mm -hmm. energy. And that part also has been not only helpful in terms of like understanding one another, because like I tend to be as, as, as a girl, like way more like emotional mm -hmm. than you. And that has been also difficult for you to sort of understand because he, my husband grew up in a household where it was all men except for his mother, right? And and I grew up in a household of all women, you know? So there was a lot of emotion and a lot of like feminine Drama. energy. So sort of to come together and to sort of understand the dynamics, yeah. the different um, way that and, those and work. How to, and how to, how to, you know, from your perspective, how to get more expression out of me, from my perspective, how to embrace, uh, you know, that expression. I think that that's what's at play and, and kind of uh, recognizing, highlighting our differences and, and embracing them. Yeah. And I think that in reality, you know, we, we do this episode, but at the end of the day, this is a, this is a lifelong process. Of course. It's like a couple. Yeah, it's never just fixed. No. <laughs> I got a lot of fixing in him to do. <laughs> Same here. I know. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that it gave you sort of an insight as to how what we do in order to sort of heal our wounds from the past, mm -hmm. uh, the wounds that sometimes we might still carry around. And I hope that it was like uh, a, an episode that gave you hope, that gives you hope for relationships. If you have any questions or comments, go to mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 198, mamasconganaspodcast.com forward slash 198. We will be doing the same episode in Spanish. Así que prepárate for next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until next time. Besito, mamacito. Hey, it's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras Latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.